And now, weighing in out of the blue corner, Josh the Pong Thompson. 100%. And on the other mic, he weighs in from the red corner, Big John McCarthy. Well, the guy that's flexing back there is an old man that has nothing left to flex, <laughs> but that's okay because the weighing in podcast is here to talk about everything that occurred. On November 25th, it was the PFL with their championship, multi-championship, six world titles, I guess, on the line from the Hulu Theater, Hulu Theater in New York. They try to say it's Madison Square Garden, where it's really not. It's the Hulu Theater, but it's okay. I kind of understand why. But big upset, big upset. We're going to talk about that. We're going to talk about the whole thing. A lot of boxing is coming up for everyone to see. We'll talk about that maybe a little bit about what's coming up. How you doing, my man? Just getting a little scratchy, I'm, itchy? I'm doing really good. I mean, the weather's starting to... The weather's been kind of warm here in California. I mean, I don't know what your weather has been like there. But uh, it's been nice here. The sun was out the last two days. Thanksgiving was like probably, I'd say, high 60s. And then yesterday it was in the low 70s. I'm like, Very fuck nice. I, I ain't mad at this. Then I looked up the weather in Dallas, Texas. And it was raining. <laughs> and it was cold. It was like oh, yeah. it was like in the forties. I was like, ah oh, shit. <laughs> so oh man. But anyways, and before we get started, go to WayneAndMerch.com. We have a new merch site, ladies and gentlemen. New. Did I did you guys hear me? I said a new, new merch site. So Black Friday sale was yesterday at 50% off everything. But guess what? Is it carrying through the weekend, John? Is that yes, sale carried for the weekend? Yes, yes it, it does. does. I just wanted to clarify to make sure everyone That's right. understood that. You just that. wanted to bring a little bit of emphasis to that. Yes. So we have, look, we are very happy about this because we are going to be offering sweats. We're going to be offering hoodies. We're offering good quality shirts. And what I love is the print. So it's a thinner uh, base print that lays down. There will be no base underneath. It'll be just strictly to the shirt. You won't have five layers. So it doesn't feel like something's melting on your chest when it gets warm. It's going to feel good. It's going to feel nice. The, the tri-blend shirt's going to be out there. Beautiful shirts. Look, I'm excited. It has the old logo, the new logos. And I uh, saw a lot of new designs, too, which I really like. So, um, you know, John had reached out to uh, Punk Ass from uh, Lions Not Sheep from the old Tap Out days. And and uh, Punk Ass is one of our close friends. I mean, actually, I bought one of his Mercedes, his S63 from a while back. Which was a nice car. Yeah, I can't believe you bought nice. that car. It was super nice. It was They nice. all had one. And those things, I drove that sucker. I go, this thing's freaking Yeah, nice. it was. And he he was really kind of like, I don't want to get rid of it. But then he had already bought a Ferrari. So I was like, I don't feel bad for you. Just he kept me. on buying Lambos, too. Yeah, yeah. He had a Ferrari, I think, at the <laughs> he time. He had it and tough. He had it tough, man. Yeah, he had a really nice raised Poor truck. Poor Dan. Yeah, he's just loving that rough life. And, um, but yeah, so I had reached out. He's the, it's the first TV I ever had, first car I ever had with the TVs in the headrest. It's pretty cool. Now all my cars have that. Because <laughs> you have kids. Yeah. Not for you. You got to give them entertained, buddy. Just like, hey, sh- silence back there. Yeah. Watch silence. that. Uh, but no, some of the merch on here, man, is awesome. New designs, new gear, new everything. So, uh, and we're not done yet picking out what we're going to have put up there, but. As of right now, we got plenty of shirts to choose from. John, can you, or, no, no, but Dave, scroll down a little bit for me, please. I really like that that uh, that light gray one up there, and the hoodies are all very nice, different types of logos. 
So, and very, and there's also a couple simple ones that they're not just all spread out all over the place. So, I really love this design. I really like what we're doing with this. Kind of so went to back Wayne. to the old too, also. Yes, with the old logo there. Keep it clean a little bit. Go to WayneAirMerch.com. Pick up some of our merch there with the 15% off black sale through the weekend. So Black Friday sale, which is actually Black Weekend sale since it's through the weekend. Uh, that and uh, John, first thing I want to say is to Miss McCarthy and you is happy anniversary. Well, thank you, sir. Yes, yes. What, 38? long time. 38, 38 years, almost as long as you've been alive. Very close. <laughs> Very close. Woo! Damn. It's a long time. I'm surprised she's put up with your ass that long. Dude, can you believe that? Because if you know, now you know mm -hmm. I'm a pain in the ass. It's oh, no, not yeah. easy to no. put up with me. I can't handle your doses. And you got to admit, I do a lot of crazy things. I, you know, I get ideas like, yeah, we can do that. And you know what? She has... She has followed. She has led. She has been there the entire time. So great. My wife. My wife is my rock. She's awesome. She was telling me about this story, and I want you to tell it to me. Oh shit! What did one. she tell you? She pisses she... me off when she talks to you. <laughs> no, I want to hear the story. Did you tell the story already on here? I don't think so. But she told me the story last week that you had flipped over your. I think it was your daughter that told me that you had flipped over the the art the thing, so and then side you by side. and you didn't want to tell them until you got it out. <laughs> Because your sister was insistent on helping, or your sister, but your daughter was insistent on helping you, but you didn't want no to tell them. Yeah, no, but no. something was leading up to that. You wanted she she was supposed to help you with something in the car or in that in that side by side, going somewhere. Anyways, tell me, tell us the story, John. How you nah, rolled over? How you fell into a ditch or something? <laughs> I didn't fall into a ditch. Right. I fell into trees. <laughs> here, I, I mean, I, I don't know. Here. I'll try to give you a, a oh, very blurry. We're playing charades huh? now. We're playing charades now. now. Use, okay. use your hands and stuff. We'll, yeah, do, like we'll our, do charades. Car here like, and the I got a little bit bored on the farm because you know I had done some stuff, some work, and it was like, you know, I want to play around a little bit. Well, we have multiple side by sides. I have a Can Am side by side. We have a Kubota side by side. That's for all for work and stuff. The Can Am is kind of it's a, it's a four seater with a tilt bed in the back so it's more for taking people around and showing them stuff but my wife used that one so we had gotten this other side by side which is a Segway side by side which is fast as shit but i got it from my, my father-in-law so he could get around and he didn't like it because it was too rough for him and stuff so i ended up getting him a golf cart so i've <laughs> i i inherited the Segway side by side and it was like all right you know i'll, I'll I'll make this one mine. This is fine. No problem. So I, I get the Segway. Well, this day, like I said, it's fast. This thing hauls ass. You know, it goes the top end of about, I, I've had it up to 66 miles per hour, Jeez. right? And it's real short wheelbase. And so it's, I mean, when you give it gas, it's the back end is kicking out and it's all squirrely. And stuff, but it's a, it's a blast. It's fun. So I kind of decide I make a little race course, you know, through the pastures and, you know, going through gates and stuff, and I'm having a blast. I'm having fun, right? And all to the point where I said, all right, I've, I'm good. And then I realized, well, I can go around because I have this one pasture, and it's got a pig pen there, and it's got this one, one outbuilding. I said, I can go past that. Well, I forgot that there is a ditch on the other side of the outbuilding that <laughs> I hit at about, I did because I did the corner, and I'm sliding it, 
and it slides back. And when it slides back, it hits the ditch and it goes up in the air. And now it's flying through the air. Well, the tires aren't on the ground, so the steering's not doing anything. I'm going right for the trees, right? So as it lands, it does the the rollover and stuff, and it it stops in the trees, right? And when when well, you know, there's I'm not wearing a seatbelt. I'm not wearing a helmet. I'm not wearing any of that shit. So <laughs> when it finally stops, and I realize, shit, that hurt. It was one of those. I go well. All right, let me let me climb out of this thing. So I climb out of it. When I climb out of it, I look and my side by side is completely upside down, right? And it's stuck in the trees. And I go to move it, and it's like, that's a heavy sum bitch. <laughs> I don't think I can move it. So it's like, hmm, damn. So I start looking around, and I go, well, no one saw that. So this is a good thing. So I'm gonna. I think I can get this thing out of here. So I go and I do a little short jog back to my place and I steal my wife side by side. I get some straps and go back there and I strap it up. And now I've got, it's, I mean, it's stuck on its roof. And so I've got to pull it. The only way I can pull it is onto its side. I can't go forward or backwards with it. So I got to pull it onto its side. So I pull it onto its side and then I wrap it up again and I pull it over onto its wheels. Right. And I, drive my wife's back to where she's at she just doesn't realize that i've done anything and i get into the my side by side i start it right up yeah it's got a little scratch on the back end the one little panel's broken right but we're good man and i drive it right home no one knew it was beautiful you're a liar your daughter knew <laughs> she had no idea until she was told because i actually hear and this is why i'm saying this is so i'm gonna weird. try to see if i can Show the picture. You're that mischievous kid that I'm like dude, ran and I'm used horrible. your mom's or like uses your brother or sister's equipment to get your own shit out of Hawk. <laughs> was, so I did take a picture. Oh, geez. I don't know if you can see. That's it in the middle. The oh, wow. That's upside down. Oh, yeah. It's upside down. How'd you get out of that? You just crawled out? Crawled out. You got your big ass out of there? That's surprising <laughs> right there. Thank you very much. So, see, I'm assuming you're wearing your seatbelt. I said no, no seatbelt. So, how you didn't fly out? No, I kind of bounced around inside. I'm, you know, it's oh kind of like God. You know, it's like a lotto you're, ball. You're fucking <laughs> a lotto ball. <laughs> nice round little ball. Oh man, that's so great. You're like that kid. You're, you're that kid that would like try to be sneaky about shit when you're young. I have a question for you. If one of your kids would have done that, you would have been mad, right? Yeah, that's different. <laughs> I always, I always picture you as having double standards. You feel like, yeah, yeah. You, no, you, you just this do what I tell you. Not this what is I not, do. This is not do as I do. This is do as I say. say. Okay. Ruthless. No, nah, not ruthless. ruthless. It's I don't want them to get hurt. No, nah, look at me. You know, I you honestly don't want I, them to fuck up your shit. No, nah, I've. I, my, I, it's funny because you know I used to take my kids out quadding and dirt biking and all kinds of stuff and doom bugging and uh my whole thing was have fun you know try if you're gonna do something dangerous do it as smart as you can do it but you, <laughs> okay. you got well you get you know you, you got to take chances you know you say yeah. i want to i want to climb that i want to jump that all right what's the best way of doing it and that's something yeah. that was always my thing go ahead if you get hurt we'll take care of it yeah but, that's no, you don't want to see him get hurt but you know you got you oh, gotta right. you gotta take chances in life it's fun yeah you know, it's funny you say that as I was, I mean, obviously there's a, there's a famous, um, like, 
don't know, quote or segment of what Jordan Peterson says, like, don't stop your kids from doing dangerous things safely. Or so, it's something along those lines. Yeah. So I, you know, and it's, 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 he's, he's right. You've got to make sure that your kids learn to fall, learn to get up, dust themselves off, understand what it's like to hit the ground. And yeah. And it's also, I think it's very painstaking for a parent to watch their kid get hurt, cry, but well, then you realize, you know what? They'll get over sure. it. It takes Look, a while. One of the worst things that we've done as a society is we've become helicopter parents. We were hovering over the kids and stuff. And and I tried not to do it, but it's, we've taken away the ability for them to make mistakes. Mm -hmm. We don't want to make mistakes. By making a mistake, you learn. Mm -hmm. And yeah, you don't want them to get hurt, but you've got to allow your kids to make mistakes, learn from the mistake, figure out how that mistake occurred and then move on from there, that's part of growing up. And that's where you start to develop common sense. Mm-hmm. And we have, you know, we've got a bunch of kids now that can't even make a decision because they're afraid. Well, what should I do? We've taken it away because we didn't give them the, the chance to figure out what they should have done yeah. when they were young. It's, it's crazy. But you, yeah. you got to let, gotta let your kids make mistakes. It's part of life. It you is. Know, they got to they learn how to figure it out. All right, well, hey, we're going to get into some fight talk now. Let's uh, let's pull up what we started with, with let's PFL, big upsets, big uh, some some great knockouts. But uh, before we get started, go to mybookie.ag, use our promo code WAYNEIN. And, uh, you guys can thank us later for some good betting odds. Now, if you would have listened to us, you could have not made any money on the, the main event. Because <laughs> we would have went yeah, we with Caleb Harrison. But, we just told you not to bet it. <laughs> yeah. The other thing, though, too, is that the odds, I didn't realize what the odds were on that fight because we didn't look at the odds for this fight. Um, but, geez, D- uh, Dave and uh, John, it was it was like minus 1,400, 1400. at one point. Yeah. <sighs> I mean, like those type of, when you see odds like that, just throw 20 bucks down. See what happens. Oh, yeah. And people would have came out on top. Well, espe- especially, and this is where you go, especially when you have a fighter. <clears throat> Yes, Larissa Pacheco had lost to, you know, Kayla twice already. But they both went to the distance. Yeah. And so you look and you go, eh, one was a five-round fight, one was a three-round fight. But look, she can fight. Is she the favorite? Absolutely not. Should Kayla, you know, be the favorite? Yes, she should have been. But in that situation, that's where I say, you got an underdog that has the ability to, to, to possibly win the fight. Put a little bit on it, you know. It's every now and then, you're going to come out on top. Yeah, yeah. I mean, you've got to, you just got to go for it. Every once in a while, like things like this happen. Especially, I guess when I look back at how the Ronda Rousey her rise, and then look at Kay- Kayla Harrison her rise, I look at a couple of different things. Is they haven't fought every every style just yet. Now I know she's fought Larissa Pacheco before twice, and this is her third time, which makes it but harder. Then, which also makes it harder to get motivated for that fighter. And then on top of it, for Larissa, it makes it easier for her to be motivated for that fighter. Because it's like, look, I'm I'm in the finals every damn time against you. Or I'm in the, I fought you already twice. And you've cut me out of being in the finals. Whatever it is. Yeah. But she is somebody that is very driven. I was very impressed with her last, last night, John. Very impressed. <coughs> Bless me. Bless, Bless me. you. Oh, man. <sighs> what were you impressed with? You know, I was impressed um, with the way that because you had, we had talked last week and we had said she just doesn't have a way of getting up from underneath. She got up several times yesterday, 
And not only does she get up every time, especially later in the later rounds and like everything rounds three and four, she hit the ground and she was already kind of working her way back up when she hit the ground. I was very impressed with her ability to fend off submissions attempts. I was, I was impressed with her ability to escape out of position, uh, control positions. She did a very good job. She even threatened a couple triangles in there several times. She, uh, she had one that was looked like it was pretty tight. That looked like it blew her wad though for a little bit, but then her recovery was good coming back after that round because she shot the triangle, didn't get the triangle and then got stuck on bottom for about a minute and 45 seconds or a minute and 40, 50 seconds, something like that. And the rest of the round, she recovered or at the rest of the round, at the end of the round, she recovered between rounds and came out. She, she looked good. I thought that both of them fought their asses off. They both just, fought their asses off. They both. But that, absolutely. Let's, let's be honest about this. Larissa Pacheco. I hate to say it, it's Pacheco. Okay. Larissa Pacheco made basic mistakes. Fight IQ. There were times when she has Kayla's back, but you can see she's losing it. Yeah. And she sits there and we talk to people all the time about, look, when you, you know. You feel, you know, I, I'm not going to be able to hold this position. Well, then let it go and move yourself to the next best thing. And all she had to do was come out on top. She had the ability to come out. She'd come out and mount. And if you don't like the mount, fight. Go, go to half guard. I don't care. But maintain that position where you have the advantage. And instead, she lost position. Kayla turned on yeah. top of her and stuff. And you looked and you go, I, look, I understand you're tired. But th- these are the times when you've got to say, I cannot stop. Yeah. And that is part of, you know, fight IQ and everything. I give it to both both ladies. I thought Kayla fought her ass off. She was exhausted yep. through the last part of that fight. And she kept coming back. She kept trying, which just goes to show you what kind of competitor she is. I thought, you know, Lar- Larissa Pacheco did an unbelievable job in creating scramble situations in making K- Kayla have to work. You know, she didn't stop. She and personally, I believe that she outstruck her from the bottom. Yeah. Look, Kayla was on top. She was not landing near the volume, and she wasn't really landing the harder shots when yeah. she was in the better position. And a lot of that was based upon what Larissa was doing to create problems for her. And she landed a ton of shots. And I had it two-two going into the fifth round. I thought they both had won. Two rounds going in there. And I thought, you know, Larissa Pacheco won that fifth round. It was close. It was tight. But she snuck it out and she did it by being the busier fighter, being the person that was trying to do damage, where at a certain point, Kayla was trying to control and hang on in the fight because she was tired. And, and again, I, I, I don't I, I don't sit there and I don't take joy in the fact that you know, oh, you know, the 15 and 0 fighter, the fighter, the PFL has been trying to pump or anything like that. Oh, she lost. <clears throat> this is going to make Kayla, in my opinion, for all the girls out there that she was talking about fighting, bef- you know, you know, before this loss, it ain't going to get any easier because she's going to learn from that loss. She's going to learn some things about herself. She's going to mm-hmm. learn some things that she's going to improve on, and she's going to come back a better fighter. So, yeah, she has a loss on her record. That's just part of the sport of MMA. You're going to get that. She's still a fantastic athlete. She's a fantastic competitor. And I honestly believe she's going to be a better fighter based upon that fight. That was the one fight where someone truly pushed her. 
Yeah, what you said you said it right about the the damage she was able to do from the bottom. <clears throat> and then even also when um Kayla was chasing after the single legs and the double legs, she was making her pay with the elbows. Yep. What I liked is she was waiting for Kayla to stop her movement and then striking real hard. And then when Kayla wants to move again, she'd go back to defending. Back to, yep. Back to the grappling. <clears throat> don't sit there and try to strike while someone's grappling with you. You're probably gonna end up in the in a position you don't want. Yeah, so she she was even if there were just hammer fists or quick little elbows or she was doing a lot of good stuff from the bottom and making it uncomfortable for Kayla Harrison to be on top and just be able to hold you down or not not do work or damage. In the first round, Kayla Harrison had some good ground and pound in that when she was able to get the fight to the ground. <clears throat> but after that, every time she hit the ground, even when she was in the guard, she was being threatened with something, whether it was elbows to the head. Whether she was leaning, whether Larissa was leaning back and landing some shots, you know, side to side. <clears throat> Sorry, guys. Um, whether she was, uh, yeah, whether she was leaning back and hitting the, the shots right and left, little hooks to the side of the head, or when she was trying to stuff the takedown, she was elbowing and hammer fisting and making it uncomfortable, uncomfortable for Kayla to be there. You can tell that Kayla doesn't handle, um, that type of, that, that type of fast exchanges when she's trying to be aggressive on the wrestling. She struggled every time she started getting hammer fisted or being elbowed or anything along the side of she kind of just I wouldn't say panicked, but the takedown didn't go as as planned after that. And I feel like that was really um, kind of more the deciding factors. One person is just hanging on to you, holding you, trying to get the takedown and the other one's actually doing damage. Yep. And so uh, that's kind of a big reason I think that most of the judges swayed towards Larissa. And she also did threatening. She did also threaten a couple of good submissions, especially that triangle. I know it wasn't extremely close because the arm wasn't across and the elbow was still, you know, out there. But <clears throat> she had her there for a good, probably say a minute 30. I think she had yeah. her in that triangle. She was there for a while. You could tell that's why her legs were depleted after that. <laughs> but uh, but overall, I got like, I agree with you. I think even Kayla, I think I had read something in there. And I think even Chris Cyborg had came out and said, you know, this is only going to make her a better fighter. But uh, Kayla had also said like, hey, look, you can't win them all pretty much. And. You know, this I'm looking to come back and it's, you know, and and just this is part of growing pain. It's going to make me a better person. So we'll see. She, she there's no there's no doubt she's a dog. I mean, five rounds is not easy. It doesn't matter how great a shape you in or not. So well, she's got two, two fights left on her PFL contract. Uh huh. And you got to figure how does that go? Because that means somewhere, I don't know, middle of 2023, she could be out of her contract. End of 2023, she'll definitely be out of her contract. Yeah. Do you think other organizations are going to want her? I do. I think they're going to have her fight Aspen Lad. <laughs> that will Just be a fight her. for her. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yep. I mean, <clears throat> I don't think Aspen Lad can stuff her takedown, but it's yeah. I don't know, but then again, I mean, she she got in trouble with uh, Larissa Pacheco in this in the submission department a couple of times, so that could be something. Yeah, but so, let's be honest. Larissa Pacheco is a different stand-up fighter than Aspen Ladd. That's true as well. Yeah, so, the dangers of being hit on the feet by Aspen versus Pacheco is not not the same. Not the same. Yep, interesting. Right. Brandon Lochnane against Bubba Jenkins. This is a good fight. I thought Bubba fought his ass off. Fought, did everything that he could in trying to create situations, create positions, he just wasn't able to figure out the uh, 
the distance that he needed to cover with his hands to get into Brendan. Brendan did a great job of stopping all the takedowns for the most part. Limp legged out of things when Bubba would get a hold of a leg. Look at Brendan's Brendan's a tough son of a bitch. Ever since I watched him, you know, when we were over in Russia and I watched him fight, he broke his broke his arm. A guy kicked him and he broke his arm and stayed in the fight and won the fight. This kid's tough. You know, just wow. watch him go. This, this is a tough kid. Besides the fact that his his nose is making a left hand turn. <laughs> <laughs> when you look at him, he's just he's tough. He's tough, man. And, you know, they they got a they got a good one. For whatever reason, that featherweight division has been gold, yeah. you know, for the PFL as far as that's been their glamour division for the, for the men as far as the best fighters, and uh, he looked great. It was crazy to me though. Remember the kid that won it last year, the Russian kid? Yeah, moving. and then he he's he's gone. He didn't come back this year. I think he, he got did, hurt. He, then he did didn't he do that the year before? Did he get hurt again? Because yeah, like he, had, I thought he, he got hurt. Been, yeah, that's so weird. I'm like, damn, he's so good. He is good. Yeah. And so, um, but uh, how, how do you say his name? Lochnane? Lochnane? Lock yeah. Lonane? Brendan? Brendan Lochnane. Lochnane. Okay. Yeah. Um, John, I'm very impressed with him. Very impressed. Yeah. I thought he fought his ass off. <clears throat> the first round wasn't going his way. I thought Bubba looked fantastic, but he just put money in the bank with those calf kicks. Boy. He ate that calf up, but you could see the damage. Oh yeah, it was very, it was very Rory McDonald like as far as the swelling and everything that we saw. Yeah, and uh, <clears throat> you can only take so many of them before you got no, you have no base and balance. You cannot feel that leg. It's just an awkward position to be in when you, you know, you think you can balance yourself and you can't based upon the damage you've taken. Yeah, he. Um... He wasn't able to do anything really after after that second round. He wasn't able to do anything. Actually, midway through the second round, his takedown attempts were very poor. He had a really good jab. His biggest mistake, honestly, is he let the calf get to him so much that he only he only started throwing ones and ones and not even twos. He threw a straight jab with the right hand, switched stance, threw the straight right. <clears throat> he just wasn't he, he wasn't throwing twos and threes. Had he followed up with something else, he could have potentially have at least rocked him or put him down or done something because he was landing some clean hard shots well, he landed some hard shots in there and i was and then that jab was money but then his calf was getting kicked and just a little <clears throat> a little way for people for fighters if once you start getting kicked in that calf there's a couple little things you can do look what charles Oliveira does he stands more of a straight upright position and then just kind of goes with the leg he just lifts his leg up at the knee and that kind of takes away some of the damage that you do from there. It's like almost raising your knee up and then just curling your uh, your heel to your butt a little bit or your hamstring. That will help with that calf kick exchange because everyone's still trying to figure that out. There's that. Or you crowd that space and you get into it too close so the power's not there. So that's those are the two things. Bubba couldn't figure either one of those out because of the way he had a wide stance for his wrestling. Then he had to keep... Uh, keep switching his stance so he just never really got settled into being able to get a rhythm going after those calf kicks and then both calves started getting kicked because he was switching oh, stance yeah. so much so there's that so you've got to you've got to make some improvements on that charles Oliveira does that where he just lifts his heel up lifts his knee and lifts his heel up to his butt or his hamstring and then you know who else did that was anderson silva back when people would try to kick his calf or kick his leg he would just lift his his uh heel up to his his butt and his hamstring that kind of avoids it as well. You can come sometimes just to get them to miss completely if you just pull your, your heel up to your butt. 
it's something that you're going to have to drill, practice. It's not something you're just going to be able to do in a fight. You've got to work on it and drill it and train it because you got to get the rhythm of it. You got also, it's going to change a little bit every fighter depending on how fast they are. When you see it, what their tell is, when they're getting ready to kick, all of those things. I feel bad because Bubba's getting older in age. And this was like, he's in the finals. He, this was his, his moment. Yeah, his moment. And then, you know, last year he got it, he got close too. You know, and then he lost to Chris Wade. <clears throat> he had a lot of he had a he's he's had a good run at the PFL. He just hasn't been able to get that final prize. And I feel bad for him, but he fought, he was fighting his ass off. But John, from the time he was in Bellator a while back to this time now, and in that that gap in between there, his stand up and his and him being as comfortable on Much the feet better. is way better. He looks like a whole different fighter. Yeah, whole he does. different he, fighter. He actually looks. Dewey Cooper's done a great job with him. He actually looks comfortable on the feet. Where before, he didn't look comfortable on the feet, and he was always really more looking. You know, you could see him looking for that takedown so he could get the fight to the ground and do damage there and stuff. This is the best I ever saw Bubba look. You know, if you're taking a look at the full package, he just was fighting someone that, you know, is a very good anti-wrestler, you know, does a great job in keeping himself on his feet. And look at Brandon Lochnane lands powerful shots. He doesn't land every shot with power. He'll just touch you, and but he'll also turn it up on certain ones. And he's he's got snap, man. And he's just this was his time, and you got to give it up to him. He fought a great fight, and he fought you know two times in a row. Chris Wade first fought a beautiful fight against a guy that can really wrestle, and here again against Bubba Jenkins. Showing that he's he's really got an idea of how to stop guys now from you know wrestling the one guy that was been was able to do it is exactly the one you're talking about you know Mobid he he was able to take him to the ground repeatedly and that was the difference in that fight. All right, all right. Next, well, we had Ante Delia against Mateus Shuffle. This one didn't last long. It yeah, was just you know you just looking it was hey. You know, we thought that Delia was a guy big man. He's like six foot five. He's got power, and when he lands, you know, his shots, or if he takes you to the ground and and uses ground and pound, he's got you know a lot of weight, a lot of size, a lot of strength. He's just the best heavyweight that they have as far as the full package. Bruno, this guy they had great stand up, not so much you know the groundwork, but Ante. He worked his way through this season, got the win that he should have gotten. He's their champion. It was it was a, an impressive performance. Yes, very good. Um, what look? What, what's your takeaway from the Aspen Lad and Julia Bud fight? <sighs> All right, I'm, I'm gonna be straight out. First off, Julia Bud, she just doesn't doesn't throw enough, and that's been her problem throughout time. And her stand up has gotten very stiff as far as the way she throws it. She's pushing her punches instead of letting her punches, you know, flow out, come back. Aspen Lad, you better get better in the stand-up. You know, your ground, you know, your wrestling is good. Your ground is, she's got great positioning. She did a great job in that first round uh, in controlling the back of Julia. But you square off repeatedly during your stand-up. You, you've got a certain head movement that you continually go back to. It's a pattern. And that pattern is going to end up costing you problems against someone that catches that pattern and and 
times it down in their training and you're going to do the same thing in the fight you've got to be careful with that pattern that she yeah. has and the, her getting square you know when she is out of position to throw anything in the stand-up is going to cost her when someone really looks at what she does and decides i'm going to attack on those moments so you got to be careful with it but nice win i don't want to say anything yeah. bad about it nice win i thought i thought she deserved the win you know it was a split decision but it was a it was a close fight she, she yeah. dominated the uh first round uh second and third were close a lot of clinching i thought julia won the second and it came down to the third and i thought that aspen snuck it out i'm gonna start with julia bud she looks like she's carrying too much muscle that once she starts getting a little bit of blood into them when she starts filling out as the as a round goes on she looks slow and lethargic like it's like you said pushing the punches out it's almost like she's laboring them to get them there yeah. she looks really slow john yeah like it just doesn't seem like there's any pop on her punches or kicks or her she's also almost 40. that's the other thing like it, it just comes it may, i think it may just be time because she shouldn't, she, with her abilities, like even when I look back in her Bellator days and like over the, even the, when she was back with Strike Force days. Yeah. Like, wait, like she had some pop. She had some bounce in her step. Now she looks like she's laboring to get from round to round. Like there's no more pe really pep in her step. There's no, she's not putting combinations together. I don't, I don't, I don't see it anymore. I don't see the draw. I'm like, we always question like she doesn't believe in herself. You can kind of you can kind of see that, but she's just not like if she if the the output's not there. She just needs to have more output. But then if you don't believe in yourself, you're not going to have that output. And if you're if you're feeling heavy in terms of like things are coming out slow and you're getting hit more than you're you're landing, that starts wearing on you as well. It's just like I said in video games, your power level just goes down and down and down. And that's what I feel like I see from her. Is it it's like nothing's really getting out and having the effect that it used to have when she was younger? It might just be time, you know. I mean, uh, she's been around for a long time. Like you said, she's almost forty. Might be time to hang it up. I, I don't. I don't see it. I don't see it anymore. And but look, if you want to do it because you're just out there to make money and have fun, have at it. But if you're trying to still be the champ somewhere, I just don't see it. I don't see it anymore. But Aspen Lad, there's a lot of things I got to give her credit for. It's never easy to go into a new promotion and have your first fight and to do it against somebody like Julia Budd, who's been there, done that in a lot of these places. You got to remember, her only losses, Julia Budd's only losses are to, what, Cyborg, uh, Amanda Nunes, I think, right? And then uh, somebody else. Oh, Ronda was, Rousey. Ronda uh, Rousey. But she, no, she, she lost, Julia lost she her first, first fight in, in PFL against... Um... No, no, but I'm saying yeah, before she got to the PFL, her only losses were like to the top level females at the time that had been through the sport, correct? Can you pull it yeah. up there, Dave? Yeah, for the most part, you're right. Yeah, Julia Bud. And then um, you know, and then she lost her first fight. Who did she lose to? Uh PFL? It was no, no, uh, like scroll all the way down to the bottom. Let's yeah. see who we're losses Fabian. Were. Nunez, Rosie, and um and um Christian just, just no, she, had, she had another one, didn't she? Nope. No, that's it. Or she lost to Jenna Fabian. Yeah, that's why. Yeah, that was in PFL. PFL. That was but all the ones before PFL. that, her losses were to Amanda and um, Ronda and Cyborg. And Ronda mm -hmm. and Cyborg. Yeah. Yeah. Right. Jeez, man. I mean, she's got a good list. 
It's got a great list. Yep, yep. But. Yeah, I know. I know. So after that, and then uh, she had two wins, and then she went over to to PFL, and then she lost. Uh, and Jenna Fabian's good on the feet. You know, yeah. uh, she has no takedown defense. Uh, she's gotten a little bit better at it. You know, but um, but yeah, I just look at Aspen that she she did a good job. Aspen did a good she job did. of coming in with her first fight. She fought her ass off. She was through aggressively. I agree with you on the you know her technique in terms of her stand up. She got to get better in that area. Um. Her grappling's, you know, and her wrestling's pretty good. She, uh, she still, still struggles sometimes to get the fight to the ground, but she's, she's working on it, and it's a, it's a work in progress. It always is. So, but good for her. Good win. She's back. She made weight. That's, I think that's always been her toughest battle, but this time it's at one forty five, so it wasn't, it shouldn't have been that hard. Um, but uh, this is good. This is good for. Her. I, I think they're gonna end up matching her and Kayla Harrison for a fight. That's the only I thing I can think so. of. I would think you so. Know? We will see. Will it be at 45, though, or will it be at 55? That's the question. Ooh. If she only has two fights left on her contract, Kayla Harrison, they're going to say, you know what? Fine, we'll fight you the two fights, but you've gotta, you're have got you going to have to make weight to 45. I could see that. Could be. Yeah, because if they put her in the tournament, they'll have to renegotiate right before the finals. Well, they're not, they're not going to. She already she, said I'm Yeah, she already said I'm not going to do that. So, <clears throat> But you know what, John? Money works in mysterious ways. Money can <laughs> make you make decisions. No, back to the card there, Dave. All right, so there we had OAM Oliver Oben Mercier taking on Stephen Ray. Let's just be honest. This was OAM's fight from the start. Stevie Ray never looked like he felt comfortable in the fight. He got the one takedown. He got the back. But even with that, there was really no danger uh, that he was ever to put OAM in. Uh, Oliver just looked good. You know, this is his time. He, he's super strong. He's always had good wrestling. You never see him knock anybody out. And man, he, he knocked Stevie Ray out with that one shot. Yeah. That right hand put him out when his head hit the ground. I thought, oh. And uh, yeah, he was, he kind of got woken up from his head hitting the ground, but he was done in the fight. And it was the right thing to stop that fight. And, uh, Congratulations to oh you know Oliver he's he's been through a lot in his career he's a tough dude and uh, this is a big win for him. I like Oliver. He seems like a very nice guy. I met him a couple times. Um, here's the thing, John. He could have more fights like this if he threw more. He's got power. Yeah, yeah. He has power. He's 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 a good really good fighter. He's got good wrestling. His Very ground and pound should be a lot more vicious than it is, but he doesn't. He's so concerned about losing the position because he doesn't have to fight for the takedown again. He carries a lot of muscle. He's a big yeah. lightweight. All of these things is something that, like, all he's got to do is believe more in what he brings to the table, and I think he'll get more finishes like this. Stevie Ray's he's, he's a dog. Just the, the punch caught him right on the button, yeah. and you could tell he didn't see it because he wasn't even turning his head to look towards it. No. That thing hit him square, pink, and it was over. Right when he buckled, you just saw his body go limp, and he just folded back. You know it's a bad knockout when the body goes limp and the butt pushes out. Yep. And, like, their shoulders kind of hunch over their knees. And just hands hands are down at the side. Yeah, I was like, Not oh, good. that's nasty. That was nasty. Um, and OAM just, he's he's good. He's going to be hard for people to deal with, continuously be hard with, for people to deal with. 
He just got to believe more in what he brings to the table and just throw more. That's all he's got to do because he's got he has some nasty leg kicks, and he's got some big power in his hands. And that southpaw stance gonna give people a hard time. Yeah. So just he's got to just let it go, man. Let it go. Um, I just this fight was almost put me to sleep. Oh. Uh, Delano Taylor versus Sadabusi. I mean, it was just Sadabusi just throwing the body kick, throwing the body kick, one punch, one punch, one kick, one punch, one kick, and for five rounds. Delano Taylor, you've got to learn to make adjustments as the fight goes on. You yes. have to make those adjustments with conviction. Not, oh, I'm going to take it down. No, I'm not going to take it down. You've got to go for it. An L next to your name at the end of the fight is the same whether you got knocked out, you submitted, or you just lost the decision. It's all yeah. the same. You just didn't go for it. You lost out on, on a million dollars. Because it was actually, I agree with John when you, you and I were texting back and forth. The fight was closer than, than the, the commentary was making it out to be. Yes. It wasn't a, it wasn't a, I didn't, at least I had it. wasn't a runaway. Way. It wasn't a runaway. It could have been 2-2 two, two going into the fifth. And I had it 3-1. I had 3-1, but it could be. Yeah. This it is one of those, been. I had it 3-1. Mm-hmm. But it could have been 2-2. Two, two. Yeah. You, know, you don't know how the judges are looking and what they're seeing and stuff. So, and especially when, you know, C is, he's not, he's not even pot shotting. Yeah. He's throwing kicks. The kicks are landing on the leg. A couple coming up to the body. Punch wise. Christ, he had to land maybe 15 punches throughout five rounds of fighting. That's pathetic, Josh. That's crazy. Yeah. Okay? And so, you know, nothing against him as far as, look, you you went through that tournament, you won that that title. But I can tell you this. (laughs) Ray Cepho went into that cage at the end of the third round and went to Sadabusi and said, you got to start to fight. This is a championship fight. Now, this is a guy who is the promoter of the event. Along, you know, he's the president. You don't ever want to see a president going into the cage and, and basically telling a fighter, you got to fight. But that, that occurred. Mm-hmm. Now, they didn't show it, but I know it occurred because I had people texting me who were there saying, hey, man, do you, do you know what Ray Cepho just did? And it was like, I was shocked it was Ray. I thought if anyone's going to do it, it would have been whatever Peter's name is, uh, the other guy. Because, you know, Ray has fought and Ray, Ray's a great guy. But he did. He went in there and he, he actually told, man, you got to start to fucking fight. This is a championship fight, man. You got to show something. You know? And so when, when you've got, you know, the president of the company doing that during the fight, mm-hmm. it's telling you your fight sucks, dude. Yeah. It wasn't yeah. good. John, we're going to have like this, this. I'm going to have the same conversation about um, the CBS fighters, all the ones that are going to be on CBS for Bellator coming up. The, this is the first time PFL's ever had a pay-per-view. Yep. It's a big deal. You want to bring excitement around it. Your job is to deliver entertainment, not squeak out a victory. Same thing to all those fighters that are fighting on Bellator. You guys, if you guys listen to this podcast, I got I went hard on the paint against the media about the coverage of the big time co-promotion and then also now also with the CBS deal. This to me I feel like this that the media needs to be covering this. Well, guess what? Fighters, it's your job to fucking fight. Make sure they have something to cover. And in this position and this thing with the PFL, Red Sefu's going in there going, "Hey, we're fucking on pay-per-view. This is a big deal to us. This is, we've That's spent right. a lot of money." And we need this to happen. 
you're, I put you on the main card for a reason because you can deliver, but you're not delivering. I get, I understand. I, I get the frustration. There's a lot, but you need to have, I get there's a million dollars on the line, but you need to go out there and lay it on. This is the entertainment business. You need to lay it on the line. And he wasn't doing that. And Delano Taylor wasn't helping the cause either. He wasn't making the adjustments. He wasn't trying to trying to get in there and really throw down. He would miss a shot and then he would circle back to the center. He'd miss a shot, circle back. No, you need to make that fight happen. If it's not happening, if the guy's running, just picking you apart, it's not working. Make the adjustments. I, I blame both fighters. It's not. It takes two to tango. Yeah, it to does. Be good. But I can't. I, I'm going to tell you. I don't blame Delano Taylor near as much as I do. No, no. See, no. No, you don't. I don't either. But I don't also don't blame Ray Sefu for doing what he did. <laughs> this well. is I gotta be honest, John. This is what when people talk about what uh what Burt Watson does in the back, that motivational speech, fighters need to remember that. And every time don't leave it to the judges. That's one, because you may not like the decision. That's one. Two is lay it on the line, man. They're paying you some money. And this is this was the the, the million dollar finals. Yeah. You should be out there throwing down, giving the crowd what they want, but being safe about it. I'm not saying fight stupid. Yeah, don't fight stupid, but fight. Go after yeah. him. Show that you're trying to finish him in the fight. And look, this is if I was going to give one complaint about it, the, there was never a time. It, it looked as if Sadabu had a game plan of we're going to go to a decision. Mm-hmm. I'm not going to try to finish you. You're too dangerous for me to try to finish. I'm going to play safe. I can keep you at range. I can keep you at length. No one wants to see that, brother. Mm-hmm. You, you got to go out there and you got to at least look for the finishes. Show that you're trying to finish your opponent. If you don't, I'm okay with it, man. It's mm-hmm. hard to finish a good fighter. But when you are the guy that's got the tools and the stand-up that you have and you're not you're not using them and you're just you're you're throwing one here and one there that, that tells me right there you're not going after the finish you're going after mm-hmm. points yeah i agree i agree so i mean like if i'm a promoter i'm upset a little bit and you got to remember that they had the chance to put some of these other fights on the undercard on that yep. main card you, right. you could have had marlon Marais on there um Again, shame on more Amarais. Um, you could have had that fight on there. You could have had Jeremy Stevens on there. You could have had Magomed Karamov on there. You could, Which, I could have put somebody else uh, on there. Let's be honest. You could take you could take a look and you know the the Marais fight. Both Marais, so it's easy for mm-hmm. me to say. Look at they fought. Mm-hmm. Marlon was doing a great job in that fight for a while, and Shimon came out and knocks him out. That's what you're looking for. I, I'm yeah. trying to finish this fight. You know, that, that's the whole thing. And you, you look at the, the fight. Let, in fact, let's go to the fight before the Sadabusi fight. Best with, fight uh, on the card. Best yeah, fight Delano. on the card. Yeah. Rob Wilkinson, man. I've watched this guy. He's got wow. the wrong nickname. The Razor. Get rid of that shit. That was Razor Rob McCullough. What is he? Dude, Rob Magnum P.I. Wilkinson. <laughs> Come on. You remember Tom Selleck as Magnum P.I.? This is the perfect one, dude. I love this guy because every time I've watched him, he fights. He comes out. He yeah. tries to finish you. Yeah. He was going after Akhmedov. And in this fight, man, you know, he, he fought a great fight. He was landing heavy shots. Amari fuck, took some heavy damage throughout that, kept on trying to come back. 
this is what you're looking for. And, and, and this is where I, I'm sure they put this as their first fight. They looked and thought that Wilkinson was going to, you know, try to put him out, that, you know, Omari would try to put Wilkinson out. It was a barn burner. It got it started, and you fucking had the fire burning. Then your next one took and doused that sucker with their performance. Yeah. So it was, way it to was, go, Rob Wilkinson. That was phenomenal. That fight, I couldn't keep my eyes off of it. Yeah. I, was, I was like, holy was shit. Are these guys going to make it five rounds? I was just like, there's no way. These guys are huge. You know, not only just being that big, that type of outfit from both fighters, not just from one, but from no. both fighters, the exchanges back and forth. Just a great, great fight. If you guys didn't, don't have, didn't have a chance to watch it, you guys got to try to go back and watch it. Fantastic fight. Super fun fight. Um, Big shot. Wilkinson just kept coming forward, kept throwing some heat. Amari just kept coming forward, throwing some heat. He, he wasted a lot of energy because he kept missing some shots. That big overhand right. Yeah, he kept throwing he kept super throwing. hard. And and what I didn't like, though, was um, the commentary. Oh, the smaller fighter, the smaller fighter. They're both fighting at 205. Yeah. Don't say smaller <laughs> fighter. I mean, maybe he's not as tall. Maybe he's not as long. But whatever you want to call it, let's let's not do that to the guy who won. That's the point. Is that Amari decided to fight at 205. He's at 205. You know, like if you look at if you look at like Pahaya versus Izzy, the smaller fighter. Well, they're both six three, one six three, six four, whatever it is. Four. But they're both big guys. Yeah. Just because Pahaya looked bigger in the cage, all the smaller fighter. Yeah, Izzy's normally the bigger fighter. It's like it doesn't work that way. You can't, you know. So just they're both two hundred five pounders. These two guys are both two hundred five pounders. What a good fight, man! Fantastic yeah. fight. I, I couldn't take my eyes off of it. These guys were throwing down. I was on the edge of my seat a couple times. It was a it was a fun fight. What a fight to open the pay per view with. Great fight. And like you said, the next fight I was like, <laughs> uh, so upsetting. Yeah, it was it was not good. But all right, go. Happens. What do you think? That it happens. It does happen. I get it. I understand. With a million dollars on the line too, people were kind of, you know, plus their fight purse. They get paid plus the fight purse, not just a million dollars. So it's a it's a little bit of that I don't want to lose it. I don't want to take that chance and lose it, but it's a it's a big deal, man. It's a big deal. So, all right, next fight. Well, we kind of t- we touched on the Marais fight. Shame Marais against Marlon. Marlon looked great in the first couple of rounds, he, but there was, there was one moment. I want to say it was the second round. He got hit and he got stung and the, the commentators didn't pick it up. And you saw he backed completely off. He stopped his offense. And I was like, he got hurt. And, and mm-hmm. that's not good for him. You know, as far as I thought Marlon looked fantastic at 145, as far as plenty of strength, plenty of speed the speed you know i thought he was the faster fighter he had endurance he didn't burn out after the first round like we'd seen at 135 from that weight cut he looked great he just got he got caught with the fucking one two and it ended up you know putting him out of the fight and the the last little bit with the uppercut was the coupe de gras Mm -hmm. what do you do if you're marlin because this is how many losses in a row and you look and you go he, I think he was saved that he didn't fight Shane Burgos. Oh, yeah. No doubt. Um, I look at him. He's got five losses in a row. He had one win and he had another loss before that. So he's really got, in his last seven fights, he's got one win, right? Yep. And a lot yep. of people, you know, I thought he won the, the Aldo fight based upon, look, he landed the cleaner shots. If you go back and watch it, 
But a lot of people thought he lost that one too, and that would have been what seven losses in a row if he had had that. Uh, one, he did two, win the Aldo fight. I know he did, uh, but oh. but a lot of people thought that he lost that. Fight. Oh, got it, got it. I I thought you said he he. Thought he no, he won it. it. Okay, but. yeah. Um, I I look at John the amount of time that he has spent cutting so much weight. Has it had an effect on his chin? Yeah. That's what scares me a little bit is that I think a lot of these guys that are just depleting themselves so much when they get into their 30s, body just can't take it anymore. You know, and uh, and the fluid in your brain and everything else throughout your body, just just years and years of doing it. And I, I, have, I, have, to, I have to think, look, I don't want to speculate or anything like that. So I'm just simply saying like, I feel like a lot of like Anthony Johnson's health issues came from him trying to kill himself to get to two, to one seventy for for those years. No doubt even, about it. We even when he was trying to get to one eighty five, and let's not forget that he wrestled. You know, he's NAI national champ or runner up, I believe, or something like that. And so that him wrestling all those years, all the weight cuts he did then, and then also to all the weight cuts he did in the beginning of his career trying to make one seventy. Shit, he missed one eighty five. Remember when he was supposed to fight Vitor Belfort? He missed that weight too. Yep. And he finally found his weight class at 205, but it took him a while. He fought a heavyweight yes, for a he while. He fought when Andre Arlovsky and a couple World other guys. series of fighting. Yeah, one or two other guys. You know, yeah. Look, he finally just got tired of cutting weight. And then when he, when he came back to 205, when he fought in Bellator also, he had to make the 205, and he had to lose all that weight. He also put on a lot of weight in between the, the UFC and Bellator stint. Huge and weight. then he had to lose all that weight again. Just your body is not capable of doing that for too long, especially in extremes. And I think Marlon Marais, he's not a tall guy, but man, does he carry some muscle. Boy, he, and he carries the muscle when he's got that small little waist. Like, I think he probably has like a 24 inch waist, 25 inch waist. <laughs> crazy. I'm not going to lie. I'm fucking jealous. <laughs> <laughs> but his shoulders, his abs, his lats, his traps, all that stuff is, he's big. He's carrying, his legs are pretty big too. He's got a big old fucking butt and like big old hammer to drive the nail. He's fucking, he's built, he's built like a Greek god, but he's only like 5'3", you know, but he's built. <laughs> a little taller than that. Yeah, he's, gotta, he's a little. He's got to be 5'5", five, 5'6". Five, five, yeah, he's a little bit shorter than, well, he's a little bit tall, he's a little bit shorter than Don Rasta, who's 5'6". So we, um, you know, he's like right underneath that. But <laughs> Don Rasta is going to pick you up and make you it. a fucking lawn dart. I love it. I love it. I'm going to call him, I'm going to call HR. HR, he's one of our fighters. HR, HR, come take care of this. <laughs> This man's he's trying so to hurt great. me. I love that kid, man. He's oh, such he's a nice. Awesome. And I love that he called me out on the whole post in fight, fight interview. Yeah. I love it. I love that he do it. Um. Anyway, was just you, you, hold on. Yeah, let's be honest. Romero Cotton comes from AKA. Yeah, he's a great yeah. guy. You trained with him, even at yeah. your own gym and stuff. You had to be a homer in that. It mm-hmm. was understandable, but yeah. I did pick Dalton Ross to win. Yeah, that. I, I did. <laughs> the the one time John's been right in the last. Oh, five now years. it's one time. The one time. Damn, one man, time. you're killing me, dude. Oh, jeez. <laughs> Can't even count how many times I've been right. I've been right so much. Oh, Jesus. <laughs> All right. Um, any other fights on here you want to talk about? Look at Nate, Nat and Schulte looked phenomenal against Jeremy. He had the arm triangle the first time. You got to give it up for Jeremy Stevens, man. He fought out of that first one. I thought he had it. I said, he's not going to get himself out of that. And he did. You know, he, he made it to the second one, but got caught in it again. 
And by that time, too much energy had passed, unable to get himself back out. You know, this is what, the third loss in a row for Jeremy in the PFL? Is it three or is it two? Three. Oh, man, that sucks. No, no, he got a win in there. Oh, he got a win against Miles Price. I'm sorry. Mm-hmm. Okay. I screwed up. I'm, I apologize, Jeremy. I was thinking, mm-hmm. man, it was three in a row. But the Clay Collar fight was a great fight. Clay Collar's tough. But if you're the PFL and you look and you go, how much are you paying, Jeremy, to fight? Is he ever going to be that guy that's you know is going to be the champion there? I'm not sure now at this age. I, I look love at him. it. He's a great yeah. fighter. Yeah. Tough as hell. G- great person, too. I love yes. it. He's a great person. Yeah. There's a couple of different things that you can look at is the fighters that have gone from from there, from the UFC to PFL. You see it sometimes, not not because they're always older. Some majority of the time they are, it's because they're older. Like they, they don't want to leave the UFC, so they go to the PFL or they want to come to Bellator, whatever it is. Like Roy McDonald and, and, uh, and then Jeremy Stevens over there, Anthony Pettis over there, all of them, they wanna they wanna go there. They think they're gonna have easier fights, they're gonna be able to make a lot of money, and they do sign for a lot of money. Look at what uh I think Pettis came out publicly and said he made like seven hundred and fifty thousand dollars to fight. Good for him. Good for him. It's That's awesome. fucking fantastic. Fantastic. Right. So there's that. And then, you know, Roy when he came to uh Bellator. You know, he was able to win the title, and then he entered the, the Grand Prix, didn't win the, the finals in the Grand Prix uh, tournament at the welterweight division. But he had some fucking very memorable fights. He's he's still one of my favorite fighters of all time. Fantastic person as well. But when they leave the UFC, they don't always come out and have performances like Rory. Rory maybe slowed down a little bit when he got to Bellator, but he still had some left in the tank. He had He delivered with some good fights. But I can say that some other fighters that have come over, they haven't. And in this situation, the Anthony Pettis uh, situation didn't work out for them. Jeremy Stevens, he's getting older. I'm not sure if that's working out for them. I don't know what they're paying him. You know, there's these guys that are in there that they come and they think they're just going to be able to, oh, I've been fighting the best guys in the world. John, we've seen, we've said this too many times. These fighters need to understand that there is really good fighters in other organizations. Whether you're towards the end of your career or not, there's a lot of good fighters in other organizations. Stop with the mentality of, oh, I've been at the UFC. I know I can do this. No, that doesn't work that way. It does not work that way. You know, these guys are hungry. I mean, look at what DJ and uh, and Eddie Alvarez found out. They went over to one. Now, I think a little bit of it has to do with how they do their weight cut. And these guys are not their size by the time they actually fight. It's just, it's a weird, it's a weird for the guys that have been doing it traditionally cut weight fight the next day it's different so the guys come in a way bigger they come in you know just i don't know stacked you know just huge and so it's different but these these fighters that are coming from ufc to bellator and then to pfl or to you know other organizations don't overlook these guys don't overlook these fighters you got you are gonna have a rude awakening which some of them have found out john but you know you you look at this and this is the part that i don't understand at times when I see certain fighters, aka Extreme Couture, ATT, Kill Cliff FC, just Jackson Wink. Yeah. If you work out at any of those places, you have fighters from all these different organizations working out there too. 
and you train with them. And when you train with them, you go, some bitch is good. Yeah. You, you learn that. Now, there are guys that train a little bit towards, you know what, they don't train with a whole lot of other organizations that I can understand. But, but for the most part, man, just through training, you know, it doesn't matter what organization you're fighting in. There's good guys in every one of them. There are tough guys. There are guys that will give you every ounce of fight you can handle. It's crazy. Yeah. Well, there was a lot that opened up my eyes when I traveled around and, and grappled and trained and, and just stuff down at uh, the Huntington Beach, the Ultimate Hunting Beach or whatever, that gym. Ultimate training? Yeah, Ultimate Center. Training Facility. Yeah, with Tiki's Place and Rob McCullough. And train with, I trained with Bisbeing there. I trained with a lot of uh, handsome Rob member, handsome Rob. I tried with a lot of guys. I'm like, man, you guys are pretty good. You guys are scrappy, man. You guys are good. And then I went over to Frankie's train there, train with Chris Ligori, train with, you know, uh, Ricardo Almeida, all those guys. And then said, I went over Damn, to you guys are good. Yeah. I was like, damn. And then, um, especially, uh, fucking Almeida, man. He, I was rolling with him. I felt like I was trapped in every little thing. <laughs> what the hell is going on right now? And then Do I you remember when Almeida first, went into the ADCC, he was a brown belt. Mm -mm. He was eating everybody up. I he was not. on fire there. He was he was good, man. He was oh, so yeah. good. Yeah. When I rolled with him, I was I'm like, oh, he's bigger than me. Not a big deal. Whatever. I'm like, you know, I've, I've, had, I've trained with all these guys. I'm good. This fucking guy. I was like, jeez, this kid's good. Like, he, yeah. <laughs> he was just tight on everything. And. You know, and just the way, and he was so nice. He was so nice. And I was, we were at his gym. So, I mean, I I was expecting him to be a little bit more like arrogant about it all. But and yeah, you know, and, and honestly, you go to some gyms and top level black belts, they shy away from you because just in case. And that's when you know, you're like, oh, you're not confident. You're not confident. And like, but no, he was very confident. <laughs> <laughs> no, he was no fucking all over there. me, man. Yeah. I was like, get off of me, you son of a bitch. <laughs> <laughs> and then uh, then I went to then I went to Henzo's. I took on uh, a train with Frankie and John Danaher's class Which is where there. Ricardo Almeida came from. Yeah, yeah. But <laughs> but I was in but Ricardo I was with in Jersey. Yeah, he had his own school, I know. Yeah, he had his own gym out there. But then I was in uh New York City and then we were training at Henzo's. And um Killer. Yeah, tra yeah, and oh man, we were down in the in the dungeon there with John uh, John Danaher's place and it was packed. It was so big. I'm like don't you motherfuckers have jobs? It was like 10 a.m. There was no space on the floor. There was like at least, I would say at least 80 people in this class. At least 80 people. I was like, don't you guys have jobs? We're trying to drill a move. I swivel underneath and my head hits somebody else's head. I'm like, how do you guys train like this? This You've got to have two classes. You've got to have two classes. And it was just, it was it was so frustrating. Wait, but at the same now, time, now it was you're really altering cool. their schedule. But it was, it was so good. <laughs> It was so frustrating because I wanted to do more, yeah. but then it was, but it was so cool though too because you're down there like, this is this lets you know like jujitsu is alive, like this was really cool. It was a no gi class and just the conversation and when John would talk, everyone's like hovering around and it was it was really cool. It was so cool to be part of and I was like, wow, this is this is fun. There were so many like big like and then like remember when you talk about how. You walk into a, you know, you walk into a room like you were saying with Bilal. Bilal's like, man, this guy said he was like five and zero. He was training with the guys out there with Habib. He's like, I never even heard of this guy. He's like, this guy was giving me the biggest problems ever. He's tearing me up. Just fucking, 
I couldn't get up off the bottom. He's taking me down at will. He's like, this kid right now could just show up and probably be in the top five or top six or whatever in the, in, in the welterweight division or whatever in the UFC. Yep. He's like, I've never heard of this kid. And I walked into John Anaher's training and I'm like grappling with these guys. And I'm like, hey, who are you? Like, where are you training? And he's like, oh, I just, just trained jiu-jitsu. And they were fucking me up. It was horrible. John, I was humbled coming out of there going, this sucks. Like I've these been guys, humbled too many times. <laughs> yeah, these guys, they, they've never had fights. They've never, but oh, yeah. man, they could grapple. I was like, you guys are so good. Man, if you guys learn how to punch, we're all in a lot of trouble. <laughs> it was because a lot of them were college, like like three of the guys that I grappled with, they were college wrestlers. Yeah. So I couldn't get out from underneath them, and I'd pull guard, you know, because it was so crowded. I'd just sit to my butt and try to play the butterfly. But they were so technically good and using their hips, and then just the way that they smashed people, they fucking just cut through my guard like a hot knife through butter. It was embarrassing. <laughs> I was embarrassed to tell tell them I was a black belt. I was like, gosh, damn. They're like, man, they were just good. They were good. And I was like, man, they were just killing me, murdering me. And I I, got, I walked out of there trying to tell myself, ah, oh, it's because I trained hard earlier yesterday and, and the day before. And you know, I'm this is my fourth fourth day in a row hard. Two, I'm two exhausted. Days. Yeah, I was just I was just telling myself some bullshit lie to get myself yeah. to feel better. I wanted to check my ego, be like, hey, it's all right, ego. I just give my ego a pat We're on good. the head. We're good. <laughs> yeah, a little pat on the head for the ego right here. I was like, it's okay, it's okay. We'll be better tomorrow. I didn't feed <laughs> so I didn't feed you yet. That's the whole reason why that happened. Yeah, right. I was, I was just embarrassed. I was just embarrassed. All right, let's go uh, over the last couple fights real quick. Magomed Karamov looked fantastic. The guy's a stud. You know. Fighting his teammate, a guy that he has trained with and stuff in Gleason T-Bell. That's, that's an odd situation, but he he looked really good, very clean. And amazing that, you know, Gleason, who used to fight at 155, the speed, I thought possibly that, you know, he might have some speed. No. Magomed Karamov was even faster than him, so nice win. you got to give it up for the young lady in De Dakota Decheva. Dicheva, I can't even say her name right. It's all screwed up. Uh-huh. But she really, you, you're, t- you're looking at a flyweight. She's got power in her hands. That was a beautiful knockout. Mm-hmm. That's 2-0 and now for her in the PFL. She's, they've, they've got a nice young fighter there that they can really you know look at building and stuff. I want to give it up for uh, Marcus Conan Silvera, who is her coach, who has done a phenomenal job with a ton of people at ATT. And is doing that with her. So, way to go there, Conan. You're fantastic as a coach. And then you got to give it up for a guy that's got a lot of weight, a lot of pressure on him. You know, Ali Walsh, the grandson of Muhammad Ali, coming out, went out and did what he was supposed to do. That's an amateur fight, but he went out and KO'd his opponent in, in under a minute. Very nice job. Interesting. Interesting. I missed that fight. I know. Oh. I was texting you going, fuck, is it prelims? You're like, yeah, motherfucker. <laughs> yeah, it is. I'm <laughs> watching like, yeah, right now. Dude. I was like, damn it. Better rush home. Uh, all right. Well, hey, that's going to wrap up our PFL talk. So we'll go to mybookie.ag. Use our promo code Wayne in. All right. What do you got for us, Dave? All right. Um, big story. So we have a, a big change big to UFC. Big story. Yeah. Uh, UFC 282 on December 10th. It's not a big story. It's, it's huge, story. John. It's a bullshit Good. story. <laughs> <laughs> um, Yuri Prochaska is out of the main event against Glover <clears throat> he has a shoulder injury and Dana White has made a comment that it's the worst shoulder injury the doctors have seen in UFC history 
Um, and then he said they offered Glover uh, to fight Ankalev, and for some reason he didn't want the fight, so we had to move on. Um, if we couldn't have the rematch, get an Ankalev, who is the second longest winning streak in light heavyweight history, and uh, Blahovic, who is the former champion, is really is really fortunate. Uh, it all fell into place for us as oft- as it often seems to. Um, but it, but that's a great fight too, and now it's a f- uh, for the title. So uh, Jan, who said he was the last person to know about these changes, um, is headlining against Ankalev for the title. Uh, Did it so all just it, fall in place? It was it was uh, coerced, by the way, into place with a little bit of extra money. <laughs> that's what it was. Um, a couple things. Glover at the age he is, he can't afford to take a loss, and he knows that. So he wants to probably let the dust settle, see how these two guys fight. He is probably hoping that Jan wins. That's a good fight for him. Yep. But if Ankalaev wins... I, that's not a good fight for him. Styles make matchups, and Jan is somebody that can't. I don't think can get up off the bottom against uh, against Glover. Glover. No. Whereas Uncle Live is going to be a lot harder to take down and a lot harder to hold down, and the speed in the hands and the feet, all of those things will be a problem. So, but Jan could also keep this if he can keep this fight on the feet against Uncle Live, he can knock out Uncle Live. So there, there's a lot of, let these two guys fight. Let them do some damage to each other in hopes that, you know, hey, when it comes my turn around to fight, then I can at least have a little better game plan and more time because he's only going to have one shot. Okay, if, then let me ask you this. Go ahead. Let me ask you this. So why is it that when you go to Glover and you only present him with Ankalaev, that's the only fight you, you present him with? You say, hey, Yuri's out. We're going to move Ankalaev in there. And he says, hey, that's a completely different style. I need time to, to get ready for him. He's fighting Blahovich. Why, why don't you bring Jan into it? Now, why is it, why is it okay that you can bring Ankalaev into it with, with Blahovich, who he was supposed to fight, I understand, and kick Glover out? Why couldn't you have done the, the Glover versus Blahovich two fight? You can could. I ask you? No, no. Can I ask you a question, sure. Dave? Can you pull up uh, Jan's record? Did Did Jan win his last fight? Yes. Who did he fight? He fought. Um, I got it coming. Uh, Alexander Rakic. Oh, Rakic. But Rakic tore his knee. Yeah, but he yeah, won. Yeah. He won his last fight. That's. Uh, I get. I get what I you're do. saying. And then he lost to Glover before that. I get what you're yeah. saying. But I think because. Both him, Jan and Glover are both older. Yeah. They went with Glover first. He turned it down. Uncle Live, like Dana said, has the longest win streak. Well, in well Jan's not going to turn it down. He's already fighting him. <laughs> no, I understand that. I get what I'm saying. But they went to Glover first saying, hey, we're going to give you the title shot. This is the guy that we want you to fight because he's got the longest win streak. Jan, I, I get I get it. I understand. You know why. John, why are you even questioning? You know why. Because Glover's fucking old, they don't I want him to become that. champion again. Let, let's go ahead and just we, let's just throw it out there. That's why. But in all fairness, I see. I saw where you were going with it, and I'm just pro- proposing the argument is that Uncle Live was supposed to fight Yawn to see who was going to fight probably the winner of Yuri and Glover. Uncle Live's got the biggest, the longest win streak. 
It's only mm-hmm. fair to give it to the guy who has the longest win streak over Jan, who's already been champion, but lost, and then now has is trying to make a run back. I see what they're doing, and I also think it's smart on their part as a promotion to have him fight Glover. Glover didn't want it. Fine, fight Jan for the title. And if let the dust settle and see what happens. I doubt they'll offer him another title shot, though. I, I doubt they'll is, offer Glover another here's, one. This is the point, and this is Glover's upset by this, and I, and I understand why he's upset. Because see, when you when you're Glover Teixeira and you have fought for the UFC for all these years and you've always done everything that they've asked, mm-hmm. and you did win the title and you lost it in your last fight and you're gonna, gonna get the rematch, and then it doesn't happen, you expect for them to at least understand, hey, just give me this fight instead of this one, and when it doesn't happen, you're upset. When exactly what you're saying, look, this is business. Mm-hmm. And they look at it as business and they look at it and say, no, Uncle Iav is the guy that we want to push towards being champion because we believe out of all of you, he's the best fighter. John, and remind everybody what Lorenzo, what for, Lorenzo, remind everyone what Lorenzo Fertitta told you one day about business. I, as simple as it gets. He says, you know, friendship is friendship and business is business, but don't ever believe that friendship's going to beat business. Business takes priority. And this is exactly what it is, business. And when you once you realize that, and if you don't if you don't believe that, go back into the history <coughs> of what's going on, of what's happened in the UFC history. You have Matt Hughes, you've got uh, Chuck Liddell, you have guys that were guaranteed jobs for the life of the company. Yep. The company was sold, money was made, billions of dollars were made. Those two guys were gone. You know what I mean? Like they, it, their salary was two fifty a year, two hundred fifty thousand a year, I believe is what mm-hmm. it was. <clears throat> Once the company was sold, those salaries went away. It's it's happened multiple times. GSP did the little sneaky sneaky to get the Bisping fight, that pissed them off. So that's why I believe that you and I have talked about this. And that's probably why they didn't let him go box. Because you got you burned us. You were supposed to fight and defend that title one more time. Yep. You know, at least one more time, and you didn't. You just left with the title, went off running. So that that they that, I believe that's why they didn't go let him box. So who knows? I this is a business decision right here. That's what I feel. It, I agree with you. It is. It is. But but it's not. But it is only fair that you allow Uncle Live to fight for the title with the longest win streak, unbeaten or whatever it is. Got to let him. He's got to eventually get there. Why not now? Kill two birds no. with one stone. If he beats Jan, he's gonna fight. If they're gonna offer him to Glover too to beat Glover, we'll see. And no, in, the, I, in the process, Glover's getting I, older. I totally understand exactly why things worked out this way. And my whole point was, you know, in Glover, I understand. And Glover is a great guy, one of the best guys you'll ever meet. And I can understand why he looks as, man, I've done all this stuff. It's business. Yeah. They don't They don't care about the friendship. They care about the business. See that, John? Zero that's many, fucks, That's baby. how many fucks they give right Zero. <laughs> Next. That's it. All right, I'm going to wrap up on this one. Um, Anthony Smith, that's the wrong one. Anthony Smith um, making comments around Conor McGregor's recovery um, and then Conor McGregor's retaliated on Twitter. So Anthony Smith's comments uh, about Conor's recovery, he says, it bothers the fuck out of me like that he pulled himself out of the USADA pool. There's only one reason you would do that. He's looking jacked as shit. You keep seeing videos of him flexing in front of mirrors and screaming, and he's huge. 
he's healed really fast like really fast and then connor comes out and says this rat spoke to weidman who had the same horrific injury and is having severe complications still is bothered that i was able to heal return to a normal way of life he like many other rats in my game would be happier if i wasn't able to play with my children the same again Mm. deflect distract make counter accusations (laughs) (laughs) i mean historically right when injuries like this happen they put you on some sort of steroid yeah either steroid or healing you know they considered like a steroid something that will help your body heal more it's not it's in the usada pool it doesn't mean that it's a steroid it could be just a something they have on their banned substance list which helps you heal faster recover faster all of those things nothing you can say he took himself out because he knew he was going to pop and uh yeah. other, you know and that's it so I, I mean i understand it it is what it is do you want to heal or not and he does and he wants to get back in there and fight i mean i don't know if we're going to see him fight again maybe we will maybe we won't oh he just seems like he's just keeping himself entertained i feel like he uses i feel like he uses <laughs> social media is to get more like to keep the attention on him when he's off which is it good is. i mean that's that's it's a marketing tool that's what it's meant for this yeah. social media was meant to build your brands to communicate like to post people about your life and what you're doing in your life and and keep your brand going <clears throat> that's what it should have been meant for you know he's doing it that's the way he's doing it good for him i, I don't have anything to say about anthony smith anthony smith is entitled to his opinion and sure and I like Anthony Smith a lot, so and I respect his opinion. He does have a point. You, you just take a look at with, with what Anthony is saying. He's saying, in his opinion, it's wrong that Connor is allowed to do this and then come back to fighting. It's like you know, sometimes you have to take medications that you know are not within the the boundaries of USADA or water or vada or any of those. He took himself out. As long as he tests clean when he comes back, what can you say? John, I've seen a lot of guys in the fight business that are on that have been stacked and juiced and whatever it is. Oh, yeah. It doesn't make him a better fighter. Nope. It actually, as the fight goes on, Connor's already had Sometimes. problems with his cardio. So, <laughs> majority of the time, you see those fighters do what? Cash Look at the, the last thing that Connor needs is more muscle mass. Yeah. Because all of this muscle mass that he's putting on his body right now is something that you know, if you understand the physiology behind it and all everything that goes with it, all the blood vessels that grow, everything that the heart now has to pump blood to that it didn't have to pump to before. And then you, if you think you're just going to go and, oh, we're just going to go fight this way, <laughs> it doesn't work that way. You're going to get exhausted because your heart is having to pump more blood to more areas. It just doesn't work. Mm-hmm. You know, I used to I used to tell guys that were jacked all the time. It was funny. They would come into my gym and said, "Look, th- I, I'm just telling you, this is what's going to happen. We're going to start to go. You're going to turn bright pink, and eventually, you're going to turn the color of Josh's." freaking shirt right now it's a you you get this gray look to your skin because your body is trying to suck all the blood towards your organs because your heart needs it and it can't pump enough to all that muscle and you die 
as far as you fall off the cliff. You just can't keep any kind of pace unless you're someone that's had that muscle mass for a long time and has learned to build a cardio structure around that muscle mass. It just doesn't work the same. Yeah. <clears throat> no, I agree. I think that we've seen it too many times where they've carried too much muscle or they put it on too fast. You know, that's what we talked about with um with Max Holloway when he went to one fifty five. And Dustin yeah. Poirier, he did a good job of building up his his strength and his conditioning over time. He didn't jump in right into the title shot contention. He jumped in and slowly worked his way up in the lightweight division. Even though he was a big fifty five pound forty five pounder already. And he was carrying around. Max jumped up right away, and it showed. He had a hard time carrying, having to deal with somebody who was a bigger guy. Um, and carry and that extra weight. Yeah, exactly. It's carrying the extra weight's not easy. No. Because it's very important to understand that you train at a certain weight. When you're in full fight mode, your weight drops down within the reason of you being able to carry that. And then you're used to training carrying that amount of weight, say, for the last three weeks. Then you get into your fight and you see people blow up past the weight that they're used to train at. And that's the ones that have fatigue and start to settle in and start to slow down as the fight goes on. In this situation, he's never been known for his cardio, John. He's not no. somebody that is like, oh, you know, the round he's four, I'm out there. Pop, I'm, yeah. yeah, he's not that cardio machine at all. He's a fast, um, he's fast twitch muscle fiber athlete. There's reason there's sprinters. There's reasons there's marathon runners. Everybody's body reacts differently to, you know, competition and whatever you're doing. He's a sprinter. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. Not that he hasn't gone five rounds, and he has, you know, and he's and he's done well in the the fight that he had with uh, Nate Diaz, the second one. But he had that moment where you could see he needed to get a secondary breath. Yeah, and sometimes that you get that second win. Sometimes you don't. He got it in that fight, and it helped him through the fight. But overall, he's a sprinter. Yeah. <clears throat> Gets people out of there fast. All right. Nothing else, Dave? <clears throat> uh, no, we'll wrap up on that one. All right. Go to WayneAndMerch.com. We have a whole new site, a whole different style of clothing, and we love it. So new designs, new artwork, all of that up there right there at WayneAndMerch.com. It is Black Friday, but guess what? We're calling it Black Wednesday because... We have it through the weekend, so 15% off on all of the purchases made before Sunday or before Monday, right? Midnight? What are we doing? Before Monday. Let's just say before Monday. We'll let's say before Monday. Time. What's like that? Before Monday. Before yeah, Monday. I said, let's just say limited time. Limited time. Okay. Limited, limited time, time offers. Very Dave, nice. Dave, Dave with the big words. <clears throat> what a slogan. All right, guys. WayneAndMerch.com. Pick up some of our merch. We've got all these new things, new hoodies, new designs, new new colors all out. New uh, different types of uh, shirts, too. The Tri-Blend is available. Great quality shirts. I love those. are my favorite. And uh, John, take us away. I hope everyone enjoyed the PFL. For Kayla Harrison out there, man, hey, you're still a stud, and you're going to only be better. Everyone out there, I hope you enjoyed those fights. If you did watch, we're going to find out what the pay-per-view was like. We're going to see if Josh is right or if I'm right in this. He's going over 100K. I'm saying no. Maybe I said 800k. K. Don't try to put me at 100. You said now you're saying 800k? No, I said I said a a. a what's a 100k? What's a 100 k? 100k, not over. You said over 100k. I at, said at 100k. 100k. You're yeah, absolutely yeah. right. I'm they sorry there. Won't there. Be one over. Probably won't be one over. <laughs> <laughs> there, 
gonna be you're gonna be a lot of nerve. I'm just remind. Look, if John's right, this will be the second time in the last oh, five years. Oh, no, good time. The last five years. That's it. That's probably true. <laughs> For everyone out there, we hope you enjoyed the podcast, and we will see you.